It's April 1st, 2022, and this is the Room Now podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jack Cush, executive editor of RoomNow.com. Room Now has had a number of milestones since we began in 2013, getting into social media, blogging, covering meetings, running our own Room Now Live. These are all big moments in our attempt to provide meaningful education. We now have another milestone, and that begins today, April 1st. Throughout the month of April in 2022, we're introducing our newest approach to education and information sharing campaigns. April is our campaign on psoriatic arthritis. Our slogan is PSA all the way. We are pulling out all the stops to cover PSA this month. In this month, we're going to supercharge what we think, what we say, and what we teach on PSA. Campaigns basically are a single month's devotion to a disease entity. This year, we'd like to do campaigns on spondoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. In the future, campaigns on disparities, on um, nurse practitioners and PAs, on women in rheumatology. There's a lot of different things we can cover and provide our unique focus. This first campaign on PSA was chosen with the input of a number of people, including an advisory board, but was chosen for several reasons. It seems that talk of PSA and SPA certainly has gone up quite a bit in the last few years. In fact, the numbers, uh, as far as demographics and epidemiology, are very clearly in favor of PSA as part of SPA being much more prevalent than even rheumatoid arthritis, certainly which gets and has had a lot of airplay in the past. In fact, it may dominate educational sessions for the last 20, 30 years. I think that there's been a shift and the shift has been because of the advances. There are many of them, both in uh, the epidemiology, in our understanding of the pathophysiology, the um, growth and understanding of comorbidities and their impact on disease activity and, and disease outcomes. Uh, and clearly, the, what's going on inside the joints and inside the skin has changed our thinking. This has been fostered by tons and tons of drug development. I think that this has been a good thing, but... Um, Rheumatologists are left wondering, what's this all about? What's all the talk? Is the talk because we're really interested in this? Or is the talk because there's just so many pharma companies that are pushing new drugs at us? It's not uncommon for rooms to be saying, I don't know what to do with this many drugs. I don't know if I have that many needy, uncontrolled PSA patients that I should start throwing these drugs at them. And I think that, you know, this is a part of the challenge of what's going on. Part of why we're getting into this to hopefully provide some clarity on these issues. You know, in the 90s and 2000s, you know, back even to the 70s, 80s, we didn't really have a lot of new drugs being developed in psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. And then with the advent of biologics and the approval of TNF inhibitors at uh, 2000 or so, uh, we started to see then new indications, including psoriatic arthritis. Phil Meese 
published those first few papers on etanercept, then it was infliximab, and it just took off. Etanercept, I think, was approved in 2004, and for about five years, all three TNF inhibitors um, were were pursued and approved, and then there was a 1223 inhibitor used to kinemab, and then it seemed like there was like a five-year hiatus, and that took off again, 2014, the approval of a primalest. And since then, we've got three IL-17 inhibitors. We've got two IL-23 inhibitors. We've got now two JAK inhibitors to play with in this uh, therapeutic arena. And the question is, how am I going to use all these drugs and where am I going to find the patients for them? But I think this is a good problem. Um, But we certainly do need clarity and we do need to do better than flipping the coin on which is the next best therapy. I think we need to consider the fact that while we do have lots of patients, we need to underscore the unmet needs that exist in psoriatic arthritis, which are quite staggering. The prevalence of psoriasis is about 3 to 3.2%, means that about 7.5 million American adults have psoriasis. And then just if you consider the 25% to 30% of those Um, psoriasis patients are going to develop psoriatic arthritis this is a staggering number but not all of them have bad disease right you know the number one subset in psoriatic arthritis is milder it's oligoarticular disease Um, and that's about 50% sometimes 60% but you know studies do show that up to 40% are going to have polyarticular disease and half of those are going to have severe polyarticular disease We, as rheumatologists, number one, probably can't see all two-plus million of the psoriatics that are out there. And if we're just seeing the severe ones, well, our job just got a whole lot worse, did it not? Um, And if that's not enough, the disease is complicated by what? I mean, multiple domains. It's never just, you know, the fingers and knees we got to be concerned with. They got, you know, and then Grappa has taken an approach to this, which I think is really smart, which is dividing up the treatment by domains. And there are many domains, and most patients have more than one domain of disease being affected. So there are many domains in the skin. There's the nails and and there's skin, of course. There's scalp, which is considered different, which is different than the palms and soles, and certainly different than the genitals. Do you know what to do with genital psoriasis? Uh-oh. And then let's make it even more complicated and throw in the plethora of comorbidities that affect this disorder. A lot is said about it, but you have to know all the comparative studies show that comorbidities are much more prevalent in psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis than in rheumatoid arthritis, than in diabetes. And I think that that needs to be addressed because... Patients with comorbidities have worse disease, poorer outcomes, harder to treat. What comorbidities are we talking about? Obviously, obesity, metabolic disorders, cardiovascular disorders. And while we're talking about all the hard stuff, let's throw in depression and psychosocial problems and alcoholism to boot. Oh, my goodness. Why would anyone want to? Well, that's what you do. You're anyone, you're not anyone, you're actually exceptional in that you tackle psoriatic arthritis with great gusto because you think you can do a lot. You know you can do a lot. You manage these people. But this is getting really complex. We need to move the needle here. We need to be all in. 
That's why Room Now is supercharging this topic in the month of April. Unmet need, it takes 10 years to get from psoriasis to psoriatic arthritis in most patients. When it doesn't, it's happening in kids where you often have psoriatic arthritis sine psoriasis, meaning arthritis shows up before the skin. Is that not complicated? Well, there's the delay in diagnosis in adults and then an inverse in the problem in kids. Um, either which way, there's a significant problem of referral and early diagnosis. This is, multiple studies have shown this. And what's being done to change this, to flip this? The whole problem's made worse by no diagnostic test, no reliable biomarker, murky genetics, which I find confusing and don't tell me how to rightly consider this disorder or how to better treat psoriatic arthritis, even if I did know someone's genotype. Again, the good news is we've got plenty of drugs, right? And I think that the question is, is this an, a firepower, a firepower, a horsepower, an ammo issue? No. This is an issue of knowing smarter, better ways of using these drugs. So I think what I'd like to see out of this month where I'm engaging all the best experts from around the world um, to do videos, to write blogs, to um, have discussions in, in panels and whatnot, where we're going to iron this stuff out and hopefully we'll all be the better for it in the future. So what would you rather? Would you rather evidence-based guidelines that are largely based on expert opinion? Oh, wait, isn't that great C evidence and expert opinion as opposed to true evidence? We need good guidelines on knowing whether I should use an IL-17, an IL-23, or a Primalast after I fail methotrexate, or after I fail a TNF inhibitor? Or would you rather go with managed care guidelines that are driven by PBMs and finances and profit more so than what's good for the patient? They could always argue, since you're flipping the coin anyway, we might as well get a good deal out of it. I find that quite maddening. You know, the money here is big. In 2019, the worldwide psoriatic market was about $6 billion. Uh, it's estimated by 2026, a few years away, it's going to double and go over $12 billion. So there's a lot of investment. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of know-how. And we think that things are going to change. And they're not going to happen in, um, overnight. And it's not going to be big changes. But small incremental changes will benefit the patient, will benefit you, the practitioner, make you smarter, better, more confident in what you do. There are many questions we hope to answer this, this month. Um, things like the role of methotrexate, when it should it be used, when shouldn't it be used. A primalas, is it an early disease drug or a drug that's used early because it has modest responses? I believe a primalas works equally well in really severe disease and really mild disease, it just doesn't work more than 50% of the time. So it gets relegated to mild disease. I don't think that's necessarily right. Steroids, forbidden but yet heavily relied upon. That's very clear if you look at the data. There are issues about the microbiome and genetics, um, comorbidity management. Who's doing this? You know the problem. Um, and you assume that the primary care is doing it. But are your patients seeing primary care doctors? I don't think so. 
Most of them are not even seeing you and the dermatologist. Most of them are seeing one of the two of you. And assuming you're bright enough, you manage all that stuff. We hope to get some light shed upon issues of genetics, genomic sequencing. Um, there are lots of ways of approaching the, our understanding of this disease. And that includes the microbiome, the metabolome, even proteomic profiling. Again, this is our campaign. It's, we're pulling out all the stops, PSA all the way. It is a month-long non-CME publishing effort where we are dedicated to advancing the knowledge and understanding on this topic. These campaigns will highlight and expand our coverage on PSA because we think this is important to rheumatologists. Um, these one-month focus on a single disease state, we want to escalate the thinking, the discussion, um, clarify the, the problem areas, especially the unmet needs, um, promote key advances, and what we can next look forward to in the modern management of PSA. Room now wants to acknowledge the sponsor of this month's campaign. That would be Janssen Pharmaceuticals. Yet all the content has been generated by our faculty and by our advisory board. We are the solely responsible for everything that you see in print during this month. Um, we've had input from an advisory board that includes five U.S. rheumatologists and one industry representative. These are independent, um, commercial-free, non-promotional, educational uh, uh, programs and videos and podcasts that you're going to see. We, again, take full responsibility for everything we publish this month. So in addition to our regular delivery of news, journal articles, FDA breaking things. Um, we intend to bolster that news and social media reporting with an emphasis on PSA. Maybe as much as 30% you'll see about PSA this month. In addition to that, we have a number of new, I think exciting add-ons. We have a therapeutic update that's called the future of PSA. In this month, you're gonna see a rollout of eight or more videos that will have um, people you know, people you respect who are in this biz who are going to talk on the future PSA, the future of psoriasis treatment, drug discovery and new targets, the future of PSA care and early diagnosis, the future of imaging, future therapeutics, precision medicine, the prevention of PSA and future biomarkers are but a few of the videos that you'll be seeing on our therapeutic update. We're bringing back Tuesday Night Rheumatology. That starts this Tuesday coming up, Tuesday, April 5th. Our first feature is a patient perspective panel. We have three psoriatic arthritis patients. You're going to love them. They're smart. They're outspoken. They teach. They speak about their condition. They educate doctors. You're going to love it. Um, it's called What Patients Say About PSA. Tune in 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night. Um, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, if you're a rheumatologist, you should have received one or more invites to register for this webinar. Or if you want and you haven't registered, you can go to our YouTube channel, go to YouTube, put in Room Now, and we're going to live broadcast that on Tuesday night if you'd like to watch it there. Um, in addition to Tuesday night rheumatology, we're going to have... Um, a, a, in Tuesday Rheumatology, we're going to have two panels, one on patients, 
one by the KOLs, and I'm going to run that with all the big big shots, and I'm going to ask them the hard questions, controversies in psoriatic arthritis. We're going to have two other Tuesday nights devoted to journal clubs. We'll cover a total of four journals, journal articles that are pivotal uh, in the treatment of psoriatic arthritis. We have many guest bloggers. You're going to see three guest bloggers a week, big name people writing on hot topics, including combination therapy, the role of methotrexate, um, how to treat enthesitis, what's up with the microbiome, etc. We're going to do weekly surveys on psoriatic arthritis topics of interest to you. Um, there's going to be slide downloads, and there's going to be a ton of videos and podcasts. In the end, what's the desired outcome? When I first started introducing this concept, I said, I want to supercharge this topic. Supercharge it so it becomes front of mind to many of us. We're all good at managing psoriatic arthritis. As a result, as a result of this month, I'd like us all to be better, including me. So the goal is to change thinking, provoke discussion, uh, re-examine our treatments on PSA. I like the idea if we do some things that make you uncomfortable. If it's making you uncomfortable, that's probably because it's an important area and this is where all great advances occur. We want to get away from, you know, same old, you know, shoot from the hip prescriptive complacency. We know that this will be successful if it resonates with you, and we'll know that by our metrics. The engagement numbers, do you read it? Do you watch it? Do you listen to it? And in the end, I want to be able to answer this question. What does modern management of PSA look like? Even better, what does future management of PSA look like? I'd be sketchy if I tried to answer that today. By May 1st, hopefully I'll have better answers. Tune in all month for PSA all the way. Thanks very much.